Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Hello, Cove Church. My name is Paula. I am a pastor here, and I am really excited to, to be able to share with you some things that are on my heart today. Um, yeah, so let's just get, get going. We're going to look into a word that we might not actually think about when it comes to finding treasures. We've been learning a lot about treasures in this last season. It is the treasure of repentance. As we peek into this old weathered chest today, I hope that we can find an incredibly priceless treasure that will not only give us an understanding into our own value, but will also allow us to gain some incredible thoughts and teachings from our Creator. So we're going to start with our scripture. We're going to go through the scripture throughout our time, but we're going to just read the whole thing right now. It's Proverbs 1.23, and it says this, Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. So before we break into this incredible treasure box, I first want to just tap on this word that God uses to get our attention. It is the word rebuke in that phrase, repent at my rebuke. When we hear God using this very strong language, it's important for us to stop and grasp the severity of what he's wanting us to get. His rebuke means this is really important. His rebuke means, I need you to really pay attention to this so, so that we can gain his thoughts and his teachings. So it is with this fervency that we stop today to adjust our thinking, our feelings, and even our will to a loving God who is longing to pour himself out on us. There are usually two ways that we respond to this idea of rebuke. One way would be, you know, I just don't think it really applies to me. You know, I don't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I just need to, to be rebuked. You know, it just that's just not kind of what we do. Um, so we might not actually think it applies to us sometimes when we hear that word, or maybe it applies to somebody else. The other way that we can sometimes look at the word rebuke is, is maybe, we, maybe with the kind of lens of shame. Maybe my life is such a mess. I, I don't even know where to start. When I hear that word, I'm just like, I can't even, I don't even know where to start with that. And the results of both ways of thinking can keep us from walking in a life of repentance. So for today, we're going to lean into this word repentance as we feel the gentle rebuke from a loving father who is longing to give us the greatest treasure himself. The treasure of repentance, I believe, is foundational to how God wants to move in our lives. So let's start with this. Number one, I am lost. In my home, my husband Aaron and I have kind of some different ways of cleaning. Uh, I can be more of the deep cleaner, vacuuming, mopping, you know, getting down to the deeper things. And Aaron is very much a tidier, like getting, getting things all tidied up, which actually means if he doesn't know where something goes, it gets thrown away. I don't know if anyone else is like that out there, um, you tidiers. Uh, but that happens a lot in our home. And the problem for Aaron in that is he literally gets blamed 100% of the time when something is lost, always. He, we always know that he did it, right? 
that's part of, that's part of the, the downside of that particular gift. Okay, so I'm gonna share a little, little bit with you. This is gonna be way too much information that you are gonna wanna know, but I'm just gonna share it with you anyways regarding this area of being lost. So a few weeks ago, um, I um, had to have the procedure of a colonoscopy. And in that, the, the day before, it is horrible. You're fasting all day and you're, at the end of the day, they give you this big, huge jug of horribleness that you're supposed to drink for hours. Um, and it, yeah, it, it, it is literally the worst thing ever. It actually kind of made me angry as I was, as I was drinking this thing, it was so horrible. Um, but before we got to that place and it was time for me to drink that liquid, um, I went looking for the directions. And this is like important, like I don't wanna mess this up, right? So I go look for directions, can't find them anywhere. So Aaron and I are literally searching everywhere in the house. Like, where are they? Where are they? And the longer it's taking, the more I'm convinced that he has thrown this away, right? He's looking through trash cans. I just know he's done it. And so it, it's in that, um, this inside thinking that I, that I have that, you know, he gets the blame. Eventually though, I hear him say, I found it. And it had, it had fallen below one of the shelves and are in the drawer. And, and, you know, I was pretty excited for two reasons. One, I now had my directions to this horrible experience I was about to have. Um, but secondly, I didn't have to confess that I inside really believed that he had done this. So um, it was worked out, it worked out quite, a, quite well for me. Um, so, he does get blamed a lot for anything lost. That's just what happens. So let's talk about this idea of, of being lost. We're gonna look back at that verse, Proverbs 1, through 3. It says, repent at my rebuke. I wanna lean into this word that the Bible is directing us to look at, repent. For starters, let's look into the original meaning of this word repentance in the Old Testament. It's a Hebrew word and it, it is sounded out to shuva. It means to understand that I am lost and then allow myself to be found and brought home. What an amazing picture of repentance. That I, that I understand that I'm lost, that I need to be found. God finds me, he takes me where he wants me to go. In this definition of repentance, we learn that God is, it is God who does the work of change. And it is he who takes us where he wants us to go. It reminds me of the scripture in John 6, where Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent them draws them first. Jesus often spoke of this idea that God is the pursuer. He pursues us. So a few weeks ago, Aaron shared a message about this very concept of being pursued from Luke 15. Because this is such an important truth, I wanna to touch on it again. The message he shared was about the running father. We learned of the context of what it would have meant for a son to return home and be met by a running father that was willing to rise above culture, rise above pain, running after his child who was in need of repentance. In that Luke 15 passage, Jesus shares three parables that give us a picture into this word repentance. As we move forward, I want you to keep in mind who does the work 
of lost things being found. Again, Jesus says the word repent three times. And with each story, with each parable, he gives us, he, with each word, I should say, he gives us the, the definition by a story that is going to describe that word repentance. So the first parable or story is this, the lost sheep. He tells the story of a sheep that is lost. Now, I don't know if you know this, but when a sheep actually gets lost, like in life, when, when we have farms with sheep, a sheep doesn't actually go looking for its shepherd. What a sheep will do is actually sit down in the ground. It will just get down in there and start crying. It is the shepherd that actually goes looking for the sheep. So who is doing the work in the story, the shepherd or the sheep? It's the shepherd. The next parable in Luke 15 is about the lost coin. In this story, Jesus shared about a woman who is searching for her lost coin. Anyone ever lost money or your keys or a wallet? You know that feeling as you're heading out the door and you cannot find your keys anywhere? So here's my question to you. In the midst of that lost thing, in the midst of that lost thing being somewhere, has it ever come about that your lost thing, let's say your wallet, um, develops some legs and comes and finds you? No, never. I mean, that would literally be amazing if that happened and maybe a little scary, uh, but it would be amazing, right? If our lost things actually came to us whenever we were looking for them. They, they don't because they can. And Jesus shares the story of repentance to describe who does the work and who cannot do the work. In this parable, God is described as a woman who is fervently searching for her treasure. It is God who does the work. And now let's look at the last parable, the prodigal son or the running father in Luke 15. Again, in this story, it is the father who breaks all the rules of culture to run after a lost son. Who is doing the work of repentance? The father. In all of three, these three stories, we can see this teshuva meaning of repentance. I'm lost. God finds me and takes me where he wants me to go. I believe it's important for us to look at the evidence throughout scripture when it comes to this word. Because if I think that it is I who do the work to find Jesus, it puts me in the position of thinking that I can somehow make myself good enough for God. When I believe that it is my efforts that will save me or even save others, I begin to live a life that depends on myself. But God is clear throughout scriptures that our dependence is to be on him and him alone. Yes, there's an action on our part, absolutely. But the action is based out of his leading. I adjust where he wants me to go. I love Psalms 23. It gives us such a great picture of this. I'm gonna read this, you can read it together with me as well. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the path, the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. 
He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He anoints my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely his goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So who is it that does the work in this story? It's God. He does the work. When Aaron and I first um, went into ministry together, we were at a church that um, was doing a, a, an Easter program and it involved a children's choir. And I'm, I actually, am, I'm telling you the honest truth on this story. I kind of wanted to soften it a little bit, but I'm just gonna tell you this is actually what was said. These children are practicing for Easter and the director did not like the sounds that she was saying or hearing. She didn't like the, the sounds of the kids. And what she actually said to them is if you don't sound better, that people are actually going to go to hell because of that. I couldn't believe that. Like who says things like that? The idea presented to these children was, was that it was their gifts or their lack of gifts that decided the eternal destination of the people in that room. Are you kidding me? Our dependency for a move of God in our lives must be on Jesus. He finds us and we follow him. Dallas Willard says it best this way. We are not in the world for God, but we are in God for the world. There is a shift in thinking. I am not having a life for God in this world. I am living a life in him. He finds me. I follow him into all the places that he has ahead. All right, we're gonna move on to the second point. The first was that I'm lost, the second, and now I am found. We're gonna go back over that scripture in Proverbs 1.23. Again, we'll say that together. Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. When I first started learning about this concept of repentance being found by God from author Christy McLellan, I started realizing that something really needed to change in my own thinking. And I, if I'm honest, I wasn't really sure what that would look like or even how to do that. At this point, when I would spend time with the Lord, it usually would be a getting up early in the morning. I would um, have my coffee and read my Bible, maybe underline something, um, journal something, I'm, have a conversation with God. I might talk to him about some things that I'm walking through or, um, you know, a, a, good, a good time with him. But as I began including this idea of repentance into my time with him, where God finds me and takes me where he wants me to go, something actually began to change in me. As I sat with him, I would say, God, I repent. Would you find me today? Would you take me where you want me to go? And then there were times in my day where maybe I was feeling a little overwhelmed or, or maybe a situation would come up. I just wasn't sure of what to do. That I would find myself stopping and saying, God, would you find me right now? Would you find me? Would you take me where you want me to go? I feel lost. I feel like I don't even know what to do. Would you find me and take me where you want me to go? I believe 
that it is in this intimate and sacred place that we see the fulfillment of this promise, a promise that he will pour out his thoughts to us, that he will give us his teachings. I'm sharing this today with you all because I am finding that Jesus is more amazing than I ever knew. I started noticing that I was in conversations with people that were longing for the same thing. I think there's something in us, this inherent deep desire in all of us that just wants to be found. And could there be a God so good that not only would he see me amidst all the hustle and bustle of life, but that he would stop, that he would look at me, that he would smile at me and he would say to me, I found you, follow me. The gift of repentance means I surrender all. I want to end with this story with you. A couple weeks ago, we got to experience some amazing baptisms here at the church. And I had the privilege of meeting with all, all nine of them before the service. Um, I wish you could have been there because it was such an incredible moment when you're with a bunch of people that are kind of doing something scary but, but there's such a look in, there was such a look in their eyes that was, I'm doing this. I want to I wanna follow him. I want to go wherever he wants me to go. I, I am lost and I want him to find me. I want to lay my life down and I want to do this thing. There, there was, there's something incredibly powerful to being in that moment. And then we had the service. We had the, had the baptism open up here and one by one, each one came up, visually modeling for us what it means to lay down your life for him. It was in that moment where we as a church, we got to align with the angels. We were aligning with heaven and celebrating something that is so on his heart that people would be found, that people would be, that they would come to him, that they would be willing to say, I don't, I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but would you take me wherever you want me to go? It's absolutely amazing. And then, right at the end, right at the very end, there were these two guys that hopped up out of their seats and they got, it, got to the end of the line. There was something in that, that when they saw what was happening, they were so moved. It wasn't planned by us, but I believe it was planned by God. They just hopped out of their seats and, when, and, and they got in line. I believe when we see others being found, it helps us to know that a loving father sees us too. And we asked each one, each person as we were about to baptize them, we asked, are you wanting to follow him for the rest of your life? And every single answer was absolutely yes. Like their face was, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I want to be found. I want to go wherever he wants me to go. Church, that baptism was a model to us all. It gives us a picture of this very verse that we're talking about today. To repent, to allow myself to be found, to then allow God to take me where he wants, wants me to go, that he would pour out his thoughts on us and that he would make his teachings known to us. In this amazing place of repentance, we see a loving God running after us.
we are then found and we, and we receive the most incredible treasure ever. The creator of all things, pouring out his thoughts on us and making himself known. So with that, with that understanding, would you join me today in praying this desperate prayer of repentance? Let's pray. Dear God, today we find ourselves in a place of absolutely needing you. We repent to you today and say, lost, you find us. Will you take us where you want us to go? Will you give us the strength to follow you into all that you have ahead in this next season? Thank you for loving us so much that you would come looking for us. Would you also use us to find those in our past that are lost as well? Would you move in the hearts of all who cross our path? Your will be done today. We love and trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Have a great rest of your day, Cove Church. We love you and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.